don't know about this guy's story. Um, I have a, a, a kind of crazy one. Um, so I, I think I've been at least a little bit awake all my life. Um, you know, when I was little, I used to, you know, see things in my curtains that turns out some kind of fairy. Um, so, but there was a lot of crap also. Um, I was sick at a very young age. Uh, I ended up being diagnosed with a pretty severe case of Crohn's disease when I was 11 after a few years of misdiagnoses and stuff. Um, from there, uh, my parents were, well, my, my mother got kind of overprotective and you know, plus I was struggling with being sick. I ended up, you know, getting into drugs when I was like 12, first weed. Uh, and then, you know, from all the time being out in school, I felt like the only thing I was good at was partying because at least on Long Island, uh, you know, all the sports and everything, by the time you're in seventh grade, it's, you know, everybody's good at their thing already. Um, <clears throat> so that, uh, that set me back. And of course, you know, you use substances and it leads to kinds of, imbalances and stuff like that. Um, I could probably fast forward to uh, when I was 19, that was 2005. Um, that would probably be the, the first big like wake up I started having. I was about 19 years old and uh, me and a, a very good friend of mine, we went to these like meditation groups and she'd see, but before she was famous, she would actually see, uh, what's her name, Teresa Caputo, because we lived, uh, we lived right there. Um, and then we'd also do things like go to Mount Misery and stuff like that. And I remember at that time, you know, oh, there was something go going on with me, um, because I get these bouts of sleep paralysis where, you know, I'd wake up and I couldn't move and everything like that, but I'd also feel I'm, I'm a small, like, and back of my solar plexus is pulling. And around that time, I just started getting really depressed for no reason. And uh, I started to, to try to numb my gifts because, you know, going to that place, Mount Misery, was haunted and stuff. I was experiencing stuff that I wasn't ready to really. Um, and then shortly after that, the friend I was uh, involved with that, that kind of thing with, you know, we read books on energy healing, how to make little energy balls. Uh, by 08, she, she passed away. Uh, so that was really difficult. Um, at the time, like for work, I was a chef and I remember for like a year, I couldn't even, uh, I didn't feel right doing anything. It just, it felt wrong. Um, so, and, and at that point in 2008, I was clean for three years. Uh, and then eventually in 09, I got, I had an unplanned pregnancy. I uh, had my son, but then I, uh, gave him up for adoption because, uh, you know, I wasn't prepared and, and I had him for about seven months, but it was really, it was going nowhere. Uh, we would have both been struggling a very long time if I hadn't made that call. And he's with a family I know now that uh, is treating him very, very well. Uh, they're just, you know, a little bit older. Um, so, I mean, after that, uh, I actually had... Uh, you know, I don't, lost a lot of friends at that point. Um, and then, and then my son, I ended up, um, committing suicide in 2010 after, after I gave him up and it was clear cause I was supposed to be able to see him and, and they ended up closing it. Um, 
And that was like, I don't consider that like a relapse to get high. I like, I did that with the intention to not wake up. And I actually, the first, the first time that night I woke up in the ER, um, I, I had been dead over 10 minutes. And then later that night, because the, the Narcan wore off and it happened again. And then a few months later, something like that happened again, but it was from like fake weed or something like that. So you would think like, I remember my experience the first time and it was like the most blissful peace I could ever fathom, you know, as it was probably unfathomable before I experienced it. And then all of a sudden I was back where I didn't want to be. So that turned into a bit of a, I had like an addiction with death almost because I wanted to get back to that place. And, you know, over, over the years, I had a few more friends that, that left, you know, I had a lot of wild friends, they, a lot of overdoses and car accidents. Um, Oh, and then in, in 2012, my uh, my apartment went on fire, 2011 maybe, and I ended up living, uh, moving in with my father's friend, and that turned into a really messy situation where, long story short, it turned into him slowly having me do more and more sexually until I was actually having sex with him for a place to live, and meanwhile, I'm getting, you know, addicted to my anxiety medication and stuff like that because just so much crap has happened. And um, I ended up having to get myself out of that. And then eventually I moved back in with my dad for a couple of years and his girlfriend, which didn't really go too great either. Um, then I kind of, the Crohn's was also really bad. In 2013, um, I actually got to the point where I had to go to the ER because I had abscesses after a colonoscopy. And I was probably in the, in the hospital for about three months before they decided to do an operation where they had to actually remove parts of my intestine and uh, my ileum and stuff like that and my appendix. And then I was probably in the, in the hospital for another two or three months after that. <laughs> I mean, I was at the point for a long time where I, I didn't want to be here. I'm like, what's the point of me being here? I'm taking up space. You know, at, at that point I wasn't working for like seven or eight years. And, you know, even after the surgery, I ended up even worse off than I was before. And, uh, after, after probably about a year or two, maybe even close to three, suffering with that, I was throwing up every day at that point. And uh, I got to the point on, on the anxiety medicine that I, that I was on that they had me topped off. They couldn't legally give me any more, so they had to put me on something stronger, uh, which I only stayed on for a couple of months. And then I just said, you know what, F this. I don't need any of these pills. I don't need any of this. And uh, that's really what started to turn me around. After that, it was because it wasn't just the anxiety medicine. They had me on all kinds of psychotropic med medication for PTSD and stuff like that. I ended up just stopping it all at once, which is not recommended, but I couldn't get into a detox either and nobody would give me anything. So I had to do what I had to do. Um, and from there, I was also changing my diet. I already thought of myself as a healthy eater, but with the Crohn's, you have to really be mindful of whatever you're eating, how it feels inside you. So, I mean, after doing that and then starting to switch my diet, it was only a couple of weeks after that, after struggling for years, like over a decade, I was struggling. They were telling me to, to eat uh, pasta, drink shakes. Well, it turns out my biggest, my biggest problems were I have a very bad sensitivity to milk and wheat. So I had to, yeah, I had to do more of like clean eating. I did paleo for a while and now I'm kind of, I'm eating like rice and stuff again, but I'm trying to eliminate meat. 
slowly, slowly. <laughs> she took lots and lots of classes. Uh, she probably has 10 different modalities of the healing that she knows now. Uh, read, read many books and has really turned things around for herself now. And we, we feel that, that kind of the awakening process was a big part of her trying to, you know, you, you go through this process of kind of purification of the mind, body, spirit. And, and as you're doing that and you're trying to fix things in your life, you, you kind of sort of, I guess, see the light and, and you start seeing the mystical things around you. And, you know, so she started communicating with spirits, being a channel and a medium and being a shaman and uh, Reiki master and all these things that were eventually, you know, originally supposed to help herself really, right. To just say, how do I get out of this, this huge hole that I'm in? And now it's come to this place where she feels so much better. And she's so good that she has this to give and, and to help other people with. Yeah. It's been yeah. That's good that you, um, you're both are here and healthy and everything. Yeah. I feel like it was like a way how like my team got me to understand like different types, like different situations and different perspectives in life, you know? You know, I went through a lot, like as far as like abuse and like I was in a homeless shelter not that long ago, <laughs> two years ago. And it, you know, what it taught me, it taught me that there's more than meets to the eye, like in a situation, you know, for example, if I, I was having issues with my dad for a while and, uh, he, 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 he's done some things that a lot of people would think are unforgivable. I've done some things that some people think are unforgivable, but I also come out of those situations understanding the other side, understanding that he's my dad, but he's also, you know, somebody that was hurting, somebody that has issues, somebody that has different things to work through, you know? And one of the things that we run into a lot when we get to these sessions with, because we're dealing with people that are kind of going through their own awakening process and, and trying to find enlightenment and, and, so one of the common questions that we'll get, especially from people that have kind of been going through it, this working for their whole life, more like she has, it came on me very late, but um, these people will say, you know, I'm one of the good guys, right? Why, why have I had such a, a hard life? And, and the answer that Spirit has given us on this time and time again is just that when you, basically it, 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 it takes an addict to help an addict. It takes an abuse victim to help a, an abuse victim, right? If you want to speak their lingo and, and be able to understand what they've been through. And so for the people out there that have had rough lives that are like kind of thinking, hey, I'm one of the good guys. Why are things so hard for me? Uh, what I'll say to you is that when you come across this point in time where you're able to help somebody through something that you've already been through, then all of a sudden it makes sense. You know, that's when everything starts making sense that you say, oh, now, you know, because you, you hear people say, oh, if I could just help one person, then it would all be worth worth it. Right. And 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 so this I would say to you that the people out there that have been through some tough times that that was teaching you and it was training you and it was preparing you and helping you to have the, the frame of mind and and the, the vision and the place that to come from that you can help that other person. And then it makes it all worthwhile. 
Yeah, I feel like you can um definitely like connect with people if you have like that same experience, so you know what that person is coming from, so you can like really open and evolve that person to the next level. Yes, uh, and then another thing, something I've been reading a little bit about was just that um, this this kind of suffering you go through, it, it it's a form of purification of the soul. It's sort of a a, a trial by fire type of thing, and um, you know, we, we look at uh, even Jesus's life. I mean, he was just spat on and picked on and, and tormented all the way down the line, even the parts of his life that you don't know about. And uh, that was for, you know, him, right? It, he was going to achieve the status of being such a great spiritual leader and mentor to so many people. He had, just think how what he went through compared to what you and I have been through, you know, just to get to where we're at, right? And and so it, it, it is kind of part of the process, unfortunately. But it makes you stronger, you know, having gone through something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there were times because things started really turning around in 2018, 2017, and 18. I remember, you know, because I had moved down to North Carolina and I'd like bring myself to deep tears just thinking about how things like transformed just over the past six months, over the past year. Like, I can't believe, you know, what am I, what am I crying about? I'm just sitting here driving my own car about to go home to my apartment, to my three cats, but, you know, I'm taking care of all by my, and, you know, it's the little things that really fill your heart, you know, when you know what to value. <laughs> right, it gives you an appreciation for what you do have, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's always a great thing to have. I never want to not be appreciative. <laughs> it's true, it does. It helps you to not take things for granted, for sure. Um, for... For my awakening process, process it was way different. I had been <clears throat> kind of a, a, a seeker for, I don't know, 10, 15 years, just reading every book I could and, and just knowing there was something more out there, but I could never quite just really connect with it, make the connection. I just, I, it was kind of just on the, like the tip of my brain <laughs> type of thing. And I, and I just, I, I knew there was more, but I didn't know why. And then eventually I, uh, I took this one class on uh, quantum healing, hypnosis, uh, past life regression type of stuff. And man, it was like the floodgates had been open. I just, I, I tell everybody I did about, you know, 50 years of spiritual growth in about six weeks span. And I just thought I was absolutely losing my mind. Um, and nowadays I, I tell people some of the stuff that happens in my daily life and they just think I'm nuts, you know, but and I'm like, that's okay. I, I went through that same process where I thought I was nuts too, you know. And and uh, so I'm happy to have come out the other side of that. But I remember, um, you know, one day when I was in the middle of this this kind of six week, and it was just being bombarded into me. And I, I'd never, you know, like know, seen a ghost or heard any voices or anything like this. And and um, it's just kind of funny on a side topic about four of my friends have been institutionalized for stuff that happened to them <laughs> when they were going through their awakening process, right? Their family's like, Oh my goodness, stuff them in. And we really think that about a third of the people in mental institutions aren't even crazy. Right. Less than that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, um, but anyways, uh, you know, they all got out and everything like that, but it was funny because yeah. they saw people in there that were going through the same stuff as them. But so I remember one day I'm, I'm walking down the street and uh, I'm walking my dog and there's nobody on the sidewalk in front of me. And 
and something shiny catches my eye, like a, a nickel or a dime or something like that. And I look down at it and then I look up and I, and I almost bump into this homeless guy and I just barely missed him. I'm like, Oh, sorry about that. And he's like, Oh, that's fine. He's like, how you doing big guy? Right. And, and he gives me a smile and he walks off and like one step later, I'm like, that guy looks just like Jesus. Right. So I, <laughs> I turn around and he's gone. There's nobody there. Right. And I'm like, what in the world? So I go call my, my, my mentor. And I was like, man, I this weirdest thing just happened. She's like, Oh, that happened to me right after I, I took my original class too. Actually something very similar. And, um, and I was like, so thankful to have at least one person to share it with that. I didn't think I was losing my mind. And then, so the next night I wake up and like right over my bedroom, I just like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm like, what in the world, right? And so I get up, I'm running around the house and I can't do anything to see anything, right? And I go, I stick my head out the back sliding window into the backyard and I see a lightning bolt, but it goes the wrong direction. It goes from right above my bedroom up into the sky, right? And I'm just like, what is happening? You know, right? And, and, um, and so I, I was telling this story on the, the blog thing. I get out this, this quarter and I, and I say, um, okay, so heads, I stay here. And tails, I go to the nearest institution and I'm like, give me all your pills, electroshock me, drill holes in my head, I don't care. Fix it, right? And so I, I flip the coin, boom, heads. Heads, 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 heads. Ah, I can't even flip a quarter right, you know, right? <laughs> and and uh, so luckily I didn't go to the mental institution and, and I got through it and, you know, and, and the strange things just started piling up and they just kind of stopped seeing strange after a while, you know? And, uh, you know, and, and these days, uh, we kind of, we don't do anything well much anyways, without going to spirit on it nowadays, you know, we like, Oh, let's go see there's an ascended master wants to weigh in on this issue or an archangel or something like this. And, and so we were able to use this in our healings as well. Cause those guys give such good messages and information that really seems to touch people in the heart. And, um, so, you know, this is a big part of our life these days is, is kind of going to spirit, being guided by spirit, um, kind of being into, I mean, we're not into any religion or anything like that, but, um, you know, we do kind of believe in, in, in divine timing and, and, you know, divine plan and just kind of surrendering to that a little bit as well. And we're also, you know, we have that source light in us. We have that power inside us, but we don't fully know yet how to tap into it. So we could, we get our guides and angels and stuff to help us uh, clarify what we don't remember how to do or what we can't yet see. <laughs> I mean, it's a very fun world and, and we hope that there's a lot of people out there that are kind of maybe watching and they're, and they're going through the initial stages of this or some of the rocky parts of it. And you know, we just want to let you know that, that, you know, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, it, it's, it's a world of, of ever unfolding mystery and adventure. And, and it just, there's so much to learn and it never stops. Like, you know, you just look at where I was a month ago versus where I'll be a month from now. I'll be a totally different guy. The world will change for me once again. And, um, but it's so fun riding that ride, you know, and, and being on that particular roller coaster of just new things unfolding all the time and, and new mysteries of the universe and understanding the structure of things and, and, you know, what makes, kind of the world go around so to speak and, and the whole universe go around love 
<laughs> right? How did you guys um find each other like your twin flame? Well, this was um, you know, it's so funny because <laughs> I always thought of myself as like a good manifester. Like if I would think of something, it would usually happen if I really put my mind to it. And and Lisa will is the same way. And um it it, this is to me the perfect example of, of surrendering to divine will and divine timing because all the things that I've ever tried to manifest, they were cool. You know, if I wanted a car or, or a, a safe place to live or something like that, it was nice. But the stuff that, that spirit gets to me that just like falls out of the sky and drops in my lap is always so much better than anything I could imagine to even think of to manifest. You know, like I wouldn't ask for something that good. Um, speaking specifically uh, <laughs> yeah he, he always says you couldn't have been my dream girl because i can't dream something that good I, you know, my dreams aren't that good right um <laughs> but we both went through a similar process we call this uh, uh magnetizing yourself to your twin flame and so we were both super not on the market we have both got this point where uh, you know we've had enough we were just so satisfied these, doing our own thing and on our own missions and stuff like that you know we both felt like uh, if, if somebody, you know, cause we're, we're having this huge awakening process, right? So if I was to have a significant other right now, they would just be a distraction you know, off my mission, my purpose, whatever it is I'm supposed to be doing. And, um, but we've both also kind of gotten to this point where it was, it, we were that way because it was, we were kind of thinking all or nothing, you know what I mean? And, and so I had this vision in my mind of, of like what my dream girl might be. And, and, um, I kind of realized that if I could meet somebody like that, she wouldn't even have me. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like, you know, I want a, a supermodel rocket scientist, what, you know, right. Whatever it might be, uh, these things that are like so far above my pay grade. And, and so what I decided I was going to do is I was going to really just go inward. I was going to forget about everything and everyone. And I was just going to really focus on myself, raising my vibration. I know that the like energies attract. And so I wanted to be a place where the thing that I attracted was actually on the level of what my imagination thought I merited, which I didn't really. And, um, and so I'm, I'm sitting here trying to raise my vibration, raise my vibration. And, and unbeknownst to me, I'm in California. She's in North Carolina. So she's on the Atlantic Ocean. I'm on the Pacific Ocean. And, you know, the whole country away, Lisa's going through the same process and doing the same thing and kind of just raising her vibration, raising her vibration and not really looking for anything else. And, um, we met online. We had a, just a big activation came from that. We, uh, were immediately friends, but still we didn't even know it was anything super, super different. Uh, and then I started um, to get an idea, but he was under a spell. <laughs> right, right. Anyways. Um, yeah, like, and, and somewhere in this whole process, I went on a mission from God down to Brazil and got kidnapped uh, before we could even get to meet, but that's a whole other story. And I told him too, I even did a reading for him that was just spot on to, he was going to end up suffering in silence and he did. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so I escaped and, and, and I swung in North Carolina on my way home from Brazil and after some begging and pleading, right. It was like a 24 hour <laughs> flight dude. But, um, so it was nice to have somewhere to stop in and, um, as soon as we met in, per in person, it was just like huge activations, uh, uh, 
metaphysical stuff, you know, out of body experiences, time travel, it wasn't even on purpose. And one of the first nights <laughs> we talked, before we even met, one of the first nights we, we talked together, I, I started falling asleep and then I, all of a sudden I see his face and then I open my eyes. And then the next morning I'm like, I know what you're up to, mister, because I thought he was like, he could like remote view and stuff. I thought he was sneaking on me. Shot a spy on her. <laughs> but, totally an accident. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but the funny thing is, is, is one of my friends had done a reading and she, and she said there was a girl coming and I'd been so off the market for so long. And it was so funny the way this messed with my head, this reading, because my friend's always right on the money with this stuff. And, um, and so I'm walking down the street now and I'm thinking every person I see is like this chick that's supposed to be coming, right? This, this, this super great girl that I'm going to meet. And, and so it'd be like some homeless girl pushing a car. I'd be like, was that her? You know, the, uh, <laughs> the, then I get to the store and, and the, the person give me some change says, has a nice day. And I was like, boy, she kind of smiled when she said that. Right. And so now I'm thinking every chick I see is the one. Right. And so I was really messed up for a few weeks. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, we started talking and he's like, you know, he's, he's saying that he's single right but then and but then you know I, I i eventually bring up like you know i like you right you know like then he's like yeah but you know i'm going to brazil to meet my twin flame we really don't get along actually she kind of hates me archangel michael said that it would end it would probably end in destruction so i'm gonna go do that and i'm like are you an idiot <laughs> <laughs> so anyways my head was all messed up but um <laughs> but the funny thing is i kept going back to my friend and i'd say yeah i met a chick today is that the one she'd go you're gonna know, right? When this one, you'll know. He'll know because when you hug at me, because float up in the air. Yeah, and and I did. I like I knew almost immediately. It's like, yeah. I mean, we when we first met, I was just supposed to be there for like three days, and turned into ten. We hadn't even seen the outside world after three days, right? We were just like so wrapped up in our own thing, and and yeah, so I ended up staying longer and longer, and and before you knew it, you know, we got. We're out here, we're together now, and, and uh, have no intention of ever being apart. And one of our favorite things to think about is the fact that um, we get a lot of messages in about like the, the new earth concept and, uh, and how it's going to be there. Have you heard about this at all? Are you familiar with this at all? Uh, yeah, about the new earth and the, they're having like two new world orders kind of. Yeah, yeah, and and so some of the things that that the message we get messages through on this all the time uh, when we're doing sessions uh, for clients and, and other people, their higher self will come through and tell them a little bit about what's coming for them and stuff like this. And um, you know, people will be living super long again, like maybe nineteen hundred years or more. Maybe ten thousand. Right. Yeah. So we're we're really taking the long view on things. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, we're not in any hurry now that we know we're going to be together for so long this time. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, the whole concept of that for people that maybe haven't heard of it or don't completely understand it is that, you know, the earth is transitioning from we're in a 3D world now. We're going to be going to a, a, a 5D world. It's been there before Atlantis and Lemuria, but it kind of got drugged down and that's kind of what caused the downfall of those societies. But it's just part of the earth's normal cycles as well. But, the current experiment is, is can the earth get people, humans up to fifth dimension in a physical body as opposed to like being a more spiritual thing. And so these are some of the, you know, you hear about, uh, you know, certain races coming down, uh, messing with our DNA and stuff. And, and that was actually the real reason. It wasn't to make slaves to make gold. 
right? It's just to make the humans be able to, you you hear about there's been like seven different um, mass extinctions of the the humans on earth, right? Yeah, part of that is because the human body couldn't take the the increase in pressure. Extra energy flowing in. Yeah, because when the earth is raising the vibration and actually, it's actually, she's expanding to fit. So like say, this is three, this is 3D and here it's expanding until the astral and then even further out fifth dimension. I and I, I think that's what's a lot of some of the stressatory stuff is that, that we're actually increasing elevation. Just nobody is aware of it because there's no way to measure. If you look at your, uh, your, your Cro-Magnons and your Neanderthals and your Denisovans and all these other uh, different skeletons we've found around the planet, you know, if you look at a, a, a gorilla skeleton, you can tell how strong it is just by how thick the bone is because that's how strong of a muscle needs to attach to it. And so when you look at some of these other races, they were bigger, stronger, faster, had a larger brain capacity. You know, you can't really see what brain was in there, but you'd assume bigger brain too. And yet <clears throat> we were the ones that came out of it, right? How are we the survival of the fittest when we were slower, weaker, smaller brain, right? It's because we had the DNA that's a mutable DNA that allows us to stay with the planet as it goes up and down within the dimensions. So the, the reason that this new earth concept is such an excellent concept, kind of the, the cure for what ails everyone is, first of all, it incorporates free will perfectly because if you like the system of domination and control and the Babylonian money magic debt enslavement system, you can keep it. You can stay there if you want, right? It's up to you, right? And if you want to try to enlighten yourself and purify yourself and, and move up into this 5D reality where there's not going to be money, where you just plant trees in a circle and they'll grow into a house for you. And, uh, you know, you can talk to the animals and all this meets live forever or whatever. Uh, you can go there too. And, and so it's your option. But the thing of it is, is that the entities that we see that control the world kind of from behind the scenes and with the unseen hand, uh, those entities, they only have access to the bottom three chakras, the kind of the base impulses. And so what happens is, is they would never be able to vibrate high enough to go to fifth dimension. And this is what makes it the perfect antidote to everything that ails us right now. Because you can go to a place where all the good people are and the ones that you know, maybe you don't resonate with, I get we'll say, wouldn't be able to go there because they don't, they're not signature frequency matched to a fifth dimensional level of vibration. Yeah, because um I know like the woot chakra is like the um, all about feel and like um grounding yourself. So since people are like on the bottom three, they just have to like move up to that heart chakra space so they can see what we see pretty much right right but you want to remember that um the grounding is still very very important um because we're trying to go with the earth where she wants to go right she wants to bring us with her so we want to really stay connected to the earth where it's going um it's just like you want to stay connected to the version of earth that you want to be with yeah and it's also to keep your i mean grounding is always so important for so many things just everyday functioning um, you know, we, we grounded our, our base chakra to the earth to also help us feel safe and safe and secure. 
because when we're relying on the earth or on the sun or anything else to uh, anything that's like divine and, and you know it's not going to go anywhere it's going to help us a lot like not feel like we're freaking out because I can't find my phone or because I only have $200 left in my account this week and uh, those feelings of, of being able to feel safe and secure on this planet and connected to this earth that's what raises your vibration because you learn to trust in the universe that you'll get what you need from the universe the fear kind of like counteracts like the positive manifest manifestation that can be done, which is why I always like to ground before I do anything, even healing, even, even reading, because when I'm, when I'm doing a reading and I'm grounded, everything's so much clearer. It's not just like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> Her and I used to get into this a lot when we first met, cause she'd always be like, you need to do more grounding. And I would say, that's stupid. I'm trying to ascend. That's the exact opposite <laughs> direction, you know? And, um, and now I've, I've come to see that, you know, well, I'm just trying, I'm trying to ascend with the planet so I can ground to the planet. That's fine. Right. Yeah. I only left behind. And also when, when you want to be like talking to people about this stuff and educating and actually wanting to be under understood at least to a degree, um, you don't want to be like, Oh yeah, man. Did you, did you, Oh, look at that light. That's a little counterproductive. I think it paints a stereotype. <laughs> it's fun sometimes, but while we're alone in bed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So you guys are both into like um, astral traveling and um, meditation too, like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Very much so. Um, she does a, a lot of the uh, like the shamanic journeying style of things. Um, yeah, the shamanic journeying is pretty much like astral astral travel, where you'll get um, you'll ride a dragon or go inside a tree and either go up or down to a lower world or an upper world or a middle world and you guys will travel that way. Um, we have uh, many, many, many different healing modalities and, and things that we do. Um, it's on our website, divinetrine.com. But um, one of the things we also do for fun is the, uh, what we call quantum, quantum travel. And so, what had happened is this originally started off when I was doing the, uh, I'd taken the course on the past life regressions and we would take somebody and we would send their soul back to the lifetime that is affecting this life the most. So very often you would see that if somebody had a birthmark on their face, turned out they got shot in a duel in their last lifetime. Um, uh, one of my favorite was a girl that was, deathly afraid of large bodies of water and yet was totally drawn to them at the same time. So she's just always like, ah, 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 ah. Right? And um, so it turned out in a, in, a, in a previous life, she was a, uh, in many, many lives, she's always been some kind of a sailor, merchant marine. She's always been on the water throughout all, all of her lifetime. So maybe she started out as a mermaid or something. I don't know. But um, anyway, she's always had, all of her lifetimes were always on the water somehow. Well, in the last one, she, well, a couple back anyways, um, she'd been a pirate and they had like caught her ship at sea and circled this thing out and burned it down and just watched all the pirates go down with the ship. And so we were able to release this trauma from the past and now she can go back to the ocean and not be afraid of it where she's always meant to be. So um, it was pretty neat for her. And, and so that's kind of how the past life regressions work. These, these traumas, they kind of follow you from lifetime to lifetime sometimes. Uh, we have what you call a cellular memory. So each cell has to have its own memory because when that cell divides, it has to remember what it's supposed to be. You don't want a toenail showing up in your brain. 
right? You don't want <laughs> liver showing up in your stomach. Okay. So each cell has its own memory. And depending on who you talk to, it might go seven generations back, nine generations back, might go forward too for that matter. But anyways, one day I got to thinking, I was like, well, what if I don't want to go to this past life that's affecting this one? I don't care about that, right? And so we started uh, altering the way we did the induction and doing some experiments, looking into remote viewing and, and uh, how the government uses their protocols and CIA does it and kind of brought it all together in this little conglomeration. And so now what I do in the quantum travel modality is, is I can actually send somebody to anywhere and any when they want to go. So, you know, if you want to go see the signing of the Declaration of Independence, if you want to go down into the hollow earth, if I'm saying, do you want to go back to Lemurian time? Atlantis is very common, right? I run into a lot of people there. Or if you um, want to see the moon? It, my first experiment, I started, what happened is, is the stuff that we would learn in, in these quantum travel sessions was so mind blowing. And people would say, well, how do you know this isn't just a figment of your imagination or their imagination? So I started sending groups of six, 10, 15 people at a time, all to the same place. And I would do a, a group one. One of, one of my first sessions, uh, he sent me and a few other people down to Telos. And I never, you know, I didn't know what it was supposed to look like. And I, I started describing like these different levels and like this temple with a pyramid in, in the middle of it. And, you know, a couple weeks later, I read the, I started reading the book Telos that describes it. And I described it the way it was in the book and I had never read the book. <laughs> yeah, um, so, and Telos is an inner city where people from Lemuria went to. It's underneath Mount Shasta for anybody who doesn't know about that place. Um, and that's a, uh, they vibrate between fifth and seventh dimension. Um, we're, we're being called to open up a, a holistic healing center and a spiritual learning retreat somewhere uh, when we find a nice desolate place. But uh, we've been told that people from inner earth and even some of the, the benevolent ETs will come down and, and kind of help us to establish a, uh, a, a more utopian society once we get there and we can get our vibration high enough. Even where we're at, and we've been working very hard on it, but they're still saying, well, you guys need to fix this and you need to fix that and you fix this before you can come down and visit us. And, uh, well, our list isn't too long. We're already almost there. It's like these like couple of like little minor details. <laughs> like, you know, we still eat fish sometimes. It really comes down to, and, and for anybody that's saying like, you know, how do, do I know I'm going to get to new earth? Right. Anybody You'll can get, get there. there. Anybody, you know, yeah. it's just a matter of you. Are you going to get there in this body or not? Right. You may just incarnate there the next time or whatever, but there's other people, you know, we look at ourselves as way showers. And so once you get to 5d from 5d, you can see 3d easily from 3d. You can't see 5d. Uh, okay. You can kind of, um, it's kombucha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, um, so you can kind of see 4d a little bit, right? This is why we see ghosts and things like this. It kind of bleeds through a little, but um, once you get to 5d, you can kind of go back and forth at will. And, and so this is why we call it a way shower is because ideas for us to, we want to get there first and then go back and get more people as they become ready and bring them over with us, you know? Um, so we're not expecting it to be super crowded when we first get there, but, uh, we'll, we'll bring the crowd, you know, if we can. Right. But for those people that are wondering, you know, can I be one of the first ones there? I mean, 
it's just a matter of it's all about purification choices, choices make yeah. good choices purification mind body spirit you know uh you have to be resonating and thinking on a fifth dimensional level and what that means as we as it's been described to us we're not making this up and we haven't read it anywhere it's just what spirit tells us um you have to be coming from a place of harmlessness in all things and and oneness and integrity right you have to understand that that if we're one and that if if I stab you, I'm just stabbing another version of myself. And this is the same way that we do the time travel and dimensional travel, planetary travel, sent people to Lyra, Pleiades, Arcturus, all these different places. But, and, and people think, oh, you need a machine to get there. Oh, you need a wormhole to get there. And what you really need is an understanding of oneness. Because if you realize that all things are part of one thing, then that means part of you is already there and you merely just have to realize the part of you that's there. We are literally connected by Indira's web. Right, so the thing is, is that it takes the same amount of time to get to the moon as it does to get to Andromeda, which is about as far away as you can go, right? It takes that long, right? It's no difference, even though it's a hundred light years difference in distance, the distance is an illusion Time is an illusion, space is an illusion. And it's merely, um, the way I like to describe it is, is the way you can go from one end of the universe to the other in the snap of a finger is just that, imagine you're walking down the street, it's a nice sunny day, you're barefoot, walking down the sidewalk we'll say, and a little breeze comes across your head and tickles a couple of your, you only got a couple of hairs there, tickles them right. <laughs> and, uh, and you notice this, and then right then you step on a pebble. Okay, so instantaneously you go from here to there. And that's the exact same way you would travel from here to the moon or Andromeda, Pleiades, Lyra, or anywhere you'd want to go, is to merely put your attention there and realize that you're already there. Energy goes where attention goes. So when we're able to, to uh, and when we say the way we do it now with the quantum travel modality, and this was not a healing modality. This is more for fun and for information. And um, first of all, I just want to say to anybody that, that wants to blow us up on divinetrine.com on this, we're happy to do it. We love to do it, but you can't go back and fix any what you think was a mistake. All right. So that's against the rules. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> We, we were get I was, I had to make Universal two promises. Law, it's again. Yeah. They said, uh, Kelly, if we're, if we're spirit says, if we're going to show you how to do this, uh, you have to make these two promises. And, and the first one is you can't mess with timelines. And the second one is you have to stay in this universe. And I was like, what do you mean this universe? Right. Now? <laughs> Since then my eyes have been opened greatly, but anyways, I was like, sure, I can do that. But, um, anyways, uh, in fact, what we find is about almost a third of the souls on earth right now, their soul is actually so old that it actually predates this universe. We've ran into some really interesting stories. Mm -hmm. But um, anyways, when we, when we do this, this is more for information, for learning. Um, but it's also nice for people that want to, you know, they, they know that something's missing in their life. Uh, there's something so it's just been tugging at, at the edge of their brain. And very often we'll find out that they're part of a, like a, a whole group of people that are on a certain mission. So there may be a bunch of um, like uh, some of their galactic origins, you know, wherever, wherever planet they originally came from, there might be a bunch of entities from that planet sitting in a spaceship trying to be their guide 
from above and they're the boots on the ground. And on the last lifetime, they were the ones that were up above guiding the, whoever was on the boots on the ground and switching back and forth and stuff like this. And so it's very interesting to finally make that connection with these entities that have been watching over you that are trying to be your guides and you're just never quite hearing them right. And we'll take that little whisper and kind of crank it up to 11 sometimes for people. Uh, there's a lot of neat things we can do with that modality. Endless possibilities. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and some of the other things we do is, is uh, like removing negative entities and, and implants, etheric implants and things like this. We see people get in them, uh, tracking devices, all kinds of weird stuff. I mean, like I say, if, if I hadn't already gone through the part where I, I realized that I'm actually not crazy, I would, you know, some stuff's pretty mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else you guys want to cover? Or? Um, I just wanted to, to just touch on the, the one of the things that, that I'm also doing is like it's a full I call it like a full workup, and that's kind of um, it's usually probably about two hours for somebody coming their first time, uh, maybe an hour and a half for someone you know second, third, fourth time. Um, I kind of like go from Stellar Gateway to the Earth Star and I'll clear everything out, clear out attachments. And then I kind of just kind of, I, I use a combination of like trance and, and Reiki, uh, where I'll clear everything out and I'll also send healing and do any activations that may need to be done. We're working on a new modality for activating yeah. people's DNA to get them more up to the next level. Um, so that's something else that we're working on as well. And we've always got new modalities coming to us left and right. And we believe that about 90% of the people on the planet, I, I want to say everyone, but it's not really quite everyone, um, has their own unique modality inside of them. That's one of the things we love to kind of activate and trigger with people so that they can kind of become a, start their healer's path and, and develop their own unique thing, you know, their own modality. And so it's one of the things that we love to activate people and, and to see them go down that path and support them on that for sure. Uh, one of the things that a lot of people, we see a very common kind of a, a disagreement within the light workers communities and is whether or not people should charge for their gifts and quote unquote gifts. And so we went to Spirit on this one time and we said, well, Spirit, what are you guys saying? They said, well, if you went to school for five years to be a teacher, would you do that for free? If you went for eight years to be a doctor, would you do that for free? And we said, well, no. And they said, well, let me tell you something about your, your supposed gifts, right? They're not really gifts. If you, you were born with something <laughs> or if you're able to develop and unlock it throughout the course of your life, this is something that you have worked on for many, many lifetimes, right? If you were born playing the piano. Great. You're one of these prodigies. Do you think you just woke up and you know how to play? No, you were a great pianist in the last lifetime. Right. And the one before that probably too. And, and when we're talking about spiritual gifts, her, especially she's a great example of this. She's been strangled, uh, crucified, pulled in half by horses, <laughs> right. I mean, all for like pulling some herbs out of the ground and, and making somebody better, you know? And, and, and so, you know, these gifts weren't a gift at all, right? She has, has suffered dearly for them in many, many lifetimes. And, and everybody out there, if you think you have a, a gift, it was just, oh, hey, 
you won the lottery, uh, you're number 175, and, and so you get uh, telepathy. No, man, you were working on that in the last lifetime. You probably got killed for it. And plus, as with any other, you know, um, career or job or position, if you're just going to sit there and do all your work for free, you're going to find yourself in a really icky place eventually, you know? Yeah, so, you know, and, and of course, we want as many people to be helped as possible and, and to really... Oh, yeah, that's not out. to say never yeah. do someone a solid, but, you know, yeah. there's discernment, discernment. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is one other thing that, that a message that Spirit's been giving us a lot of lately is that it's very hard to tell the difference between the, the distractions and the things where you should, you know, these new things that you're supposed to be learning. And... Um, and it comes down to discernment is what they keep telling us because what will happen is they say, we know that you guys are healers and that you just want to go out and just heal everyone, but not everyone is ready for that. Not everyone wants that. Even if they say they do, they may not be ready for it. And, and so you have to really keep an eye out for people that are, you know, they say you don't, you don't just dive in to help a drowning man. He'll just grab you and pull you under with him. And so you have to keep an eye out for these kind of, uh, energy vampires and 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 people that just want to suck off of you and and aren't even really looking for healing yeah i i, I did a, a 15 minute consultation i was offering free consultations for like two weeks big yeah, mistake. It didn't last long big mistake. <laughs> and again i'm all out for helping people that uh you know could could actually use my help and that want to help themselves but the thing about healers even readers uh we're not actually doing anything for you. You're just getting guided through the process to learn how to do it for yourself, yourself. You know, uh, nobody's actually going to get any, any, you know, help. Um, just not doing any, any kind of work. And that's not, not to say it has to seem like work, but anybody, someone on the, on anybody who's on the path to towards healing and stuff, they're doing all of that themselves. And if you're not willing to do that and, you know, if you're, if you uh, just want to take, take time and, and try to get someone to fix your problems, then I'm not, I'm not the right person to come to because I'm all about teaching you how to fix your own problems. And it's going to waste both of our time. We always say that, uh, you know, that the power of the mind, it's, it's so amazing, right? Um, when they are coming up with a new drug and they have to do these uh, double blind tests and, and clinical trials and everything with them, they're usually going up against a sugar pill, right? The, the placebo effect, right? So you put a new drug on the market, you just gotta be better than a white pill with sugar in it, <laughs> right? Because the mind does so much. And so it's, it's actually a pretty high hurdle to get over. You know, you give half the people a, a, a placebo and, then, and, half, and you tell them it's a cure and they get better. And so your cure actually has to work better than that is, is right, is, is how it gets to be a, a real medicine. And um, so this is what we're focusing on is like helping you to help yourself, right? Yeah. Allowing, opening up your mind to the power of your mind yeah. and, and how you can heal everything and fix everything and, and, and change everything in your life if you want. You can go from being in a deep, dark hole to being in a great place where you're turning around saying, who can I help now? And, uh, and we'd love to help anybody on that path that, that's either going through a, 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 an awakening that's kind of mind-blowing to them or has gone through that and is ready to start thinking about ascension and going to the next step. We're, 
you love to guide people anywhere on those paths. Thank you for being on here, and I definitely put your links down below in the description. Thank you. Oh, okay, I will send it to you. Yeah, definitely. So, now, okay. you know, one of the things that I just want to say is that um, this is a real interesting story. We we call our, our Facebook page and our website Divine Trine, and it's because we believe that there, on a quantum level, there's an antidote to all things, and that antidote comes through the Trinity. So the way it works is this. You've got uh, positive, negative catalyst, male, female, creation, light, dark, movement, uh, force, opposing force, evolution. So these are all different ways you can look at the Trinity. And so we often hear these stories that say good will always triumph over evil. And you think, how is that could that even be true because good has their hands tied and evil can do whatever they want right like they don't have to do anything other than whatever they feel like whereas good has to be good while they're doing whatever they do right and they gotta you know somebody hits you over the head with a bat and you gotta kiss them you know and like you're supposed to somehow win that way right and so the answer comes through the twin the trinity on a quantum level so force opposing force and evolution so what happens is the reason, for instance, that Corona is going to backfire. It was set upon us, man-made thing, and uh, supposed to unite everybody in fear, right? And instead what happened is everybody got a three-week vacation. When they go back to work, they're all going to be fresh as daisies. So the, the, the overall vibration hasn't been lowered the way it had been hoped to. I think you need help telling time. It's been more than three weeks. Whatever. Way more than three weeks. Um, anyways, um, <laughs> this is what happens when you do too much travel you can't tell what's real or where you're at but um, anyways uh so the way the reason good always triumphs over evil is because force opposing force evolution all they can do is give us the opposing force that we need to bring about our next evolution and so that's why good always ends up well quote unquote good i don't really believe in good i don't like those words yeah, right really right, right. You know. Yeah, but um, this is this is something that you can look to, and you can think, you know what, this is just giving me the opposing force that I need as a catalyst for my next growth, and and it will always be that way if that's how you look at it. So, anyways, that's why we call everything divine trine because we're really into the Trinity and the way it solves all problems if you look at it right. Nice. Yeah, that was great. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, well, if you ever want to talk again, let us know. Oh, yeah, definitely. Thank you. All right, well, nice meeting you, and uh, we hope you have a great day, and, and hi out there to all the audience. Yeah, you too.